0: Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Can you believe the Utah legislature is already back here? Plus, we finally have a great Salt Lake Czar. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to break down the city's biggest stories and share our picks of the week. It's Friday, May 19th. I'm Allie Viarta and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Big news this week, Emily, as the Utah legislature convened just up the hill from us. They're back. Do you think that when, because most legislators aren't from Salt Lake City, let alone Salt Lake County, do you think when they're driving up for special session, they're like mad they have to go into the city?
1: (laughs) Yes, I do think that. Uh, But I'm wondering, what do they listen to to hype themselves up? Taylor Swift. I bet you they all oh, yeah, listen duh. to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, we've got Representative Carl Albrecht from what, Grand County or something. Yeah. yeah. Just bopping to, oh shit, I'm betraying David the fact that I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Phil Lyman <laughs> is listening to Out of the Woods as he leaves Grand County. He's yes. like, God, I yes. hate that place. I hate this. I hate Salt Lake City more. I hate everything. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, there is a, certainly a tightening in my chest that happens when the legislature calls a special session or when the governor calls a special session of the legislature. I just feel like when, when those people get together, it's, it's wildly unpredictable and they have basically unchecked power with their supermajority. And that makes me feel overwhelmed when they're all in one room. So, you know, but this, this one wasn't, wasn't so bad. <laughs> they did some good stuff.
1: This one wasn't so bad. So here's what they accomplished in this special session. Um, So like you said, Governor Cox called the lawmakers into a special session to deal with our flooding emergency that we've been experiencing after our unprecedented winter. Mm -hmm. Things are warming up. The snow is melting and it's wreaking havoc all across the state. And so the reason why he called them into special session is because last month he declared a state of emergency to address the flooding that we've been experiencing, to open up funding, to mitigate those impacts. But it's the legislature that has to decide whether to extend that state of emergency. Yeah. And so that's really what the purpose of this special session was. They did vote to extend it until August, and they also approved $40 million for you know mitigating these impacts. But, Allie, they gave Governor Cox homework. They are requiring him to report back to them throughout this state of emergency to let them know how things are going, how he's spending this money, making sure everything is as they like it.
0: Well, and this is a holdover from the COVID-19 pandemic, right, that the legislature made this this new rule that basically limits the governor's power to declare a state of emergency because they didn't like how at the time it was Governor Gary Herbert. They didn't like that he had declared this was declaring state of emergencies around the pandemic. And don't forget at the time, the commander of our statewide COVID response was now Salt Lake County Health Executive Director, Dr. Angela Dunn. And there was all sorts of tension around masks. I mean, we, we know how it played out. But basically, that is the reason that the governor has to sort of get on his knees and beg for the legislature to let him carry out his duties as governor, one of which, the biggest one of which is the ability to declare a state of emergency and move the state quickly around a crisis. Here we go. They allocated $40 million worth of funding for flood mitigation efforts. And that looks like all kinds of different stuff. That's like... You know, we might need to repair roads or government buildings that are damaged by flooding. We might need to pay people like extra resources overtime. We need more like trucks and plows and and like machinery to clean up flooding the mess of flooding. It's interesting because, like, driving around Salt Lake City right now, I will say knock on wood, major knock on wood since that flooding incident that happened in. Greater sugar house. We haven't really seen, I would say, in the city, like crisis flooding yet. Certainly, our streams are raging. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to go, you know, up City Creek and see that it's like white water. But the National Weather Service also says that. Two thirds of the state's snowpack still has to melt off, so let me not get ahead of myself.
1: Yeah, all right, calm down there. Um, I do know that we're seeing more of these impacts, like in Weber County, mm-hmm. with the, around the Weber River or the Ogden River. Santa I Quinn. think that yeah, the Ogden River like totally took out the road up Ogden Canyon. So things are getting kind of messy out there. But mm-hmm. Allie, this special session capped off the legislature's interim session. So. If you thought the legislature only met for the 45-day general session from January to March, boy, do I have news for Mm. you. They actually meet basically every month throughout the year between general sessions, and this is actually a really important time to get involved and to pay attention to what the legislature is doing because please make the case, Emily, cuz I'm like <laughs> uh, but I don't want you're to. You're
0: like, "Why? I don't want to."
1: Yeah, you're like, "Do I need to have anxiety throughout the whole year? Really, do I?" Yeah. Um, and most months out of the year that they're meeting for interim session usually happens like in the middle of the month. And this is when we've got interim committees getting together and discussing their priorities for the next general session. So that is why it is so important to pay attention to what's happening right now, because I think a common criticism of the general session, the 45-day general session, is that things move really quickly, Yeah, and they do. And we're often surprised by things, right? But it's not always the first time that they're talking about these issues that we're surprised by they're, um, They're usually like having discussed these throughout the year. And actually Senator Todd Weiler once told me, Allie, that if you are getting involved in only the general session and like sending your lawmaker messages, then like don't vote on this bill, don't vote on, do vote on this bill. Then you're kind of too late because lawmakers have already made up their minds from all the discussions they've had during interim. So that is my pitch to people for getting involved at this stage in the game. Okay, but here's a question. What exactly does that look like? Because
0: like, if you're listening to this show right now, for example, you're like, well, they already met on Wednesday. So yeah. how do I know when they're going to do something and what they're going to do and what exactly should I do about it?
1: OK, mm, that opens up a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. and challenges <laughs> Allie, yeah. because like right there meeting in the middle of the week. That's when they do their business. This week interim was Tuesday and Wednesday and I, they had meetings at work. from like, yeah, they had <laughs> yeah. meetings from like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah. when people are at work. But um I th- I think one of the best resources if you want to at least be informed about what's happening is first of all follow local reporters because they have to cover the interim meetings <laughs> like I remembered as a politics reporter, Interim would always creep up on me, and I'd be like, oh, shoot. So definitely follow local politics reporters. Ben Winslow is fabulous. Um, Lindsay Ertz from KSL, I have been following her, and she did a great breakdown of some of the priorities they'll be discussing during interim this year. Um, Katie McKellar, there are uh, so many wonderful reporters out there. And then if you want to kind of take matters into your own hands, I would suggest getting familiar with, with the legislature's website it's pretty darn good as far as government websites go okay and the address is le.utah.gov and that is where you'll see the calendar for committee hearings and you know you can look into each committee's agenda see what they're discussing for that day Um, You can also find the lawmakers who are involved in each committee. So this is a good time for you to get familiar with who has expertise in what in the legislature and start texting them now, like start building that relationship now. So that's what I would recommend to people who are looking to get involved. But I completely understand, like, it's a time suck and we are busy people. So... You know, it's really about trying to find that time if this is something you want to engage around.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess my question also is like, if I have an idea for a bill that I would like, like, for example, we talked to State Senator Todd Weiler, who is a Republican legislator from Woods Cross, kind of Davis County area, though his district also now includes parts of Rose Park. We talked to him about. Pornhub and the controversy around Pornhub blocking access in Utah. And if you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend giving it a listen. We aired it last week. But one of the things he mentioned in that conversation was that he would be willing to vote on a bill requiring consent be taught right, as part Allie. of Utah's. Right. I found this very exciting part of our conversation because I asked him about it because in 2021, A bill that would require consent be taught as part of Utah's sex ed programming in schools couldn't make it out of committee. And he was like, well, I would have voted for that, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, my plan is to email him and be like, hey, so looking forward to you running a consent bill this session. (laughs) Can't wait to see it. You can open a bill file basically any day of the year. When do I send that email, Emily? Do I send that email now?
1: Is that what you're saying? Send it right now. I think you should send it right now. You should plant the seed. You know what? Pause this recording. We're going to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And Senator Weiler, expect an email in your inbox uh, in 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But it's good to plant the seed right now and to build that relationship so that he knows that this issue is important to you. And, um, you know, if you are one of Senator Weiler's constituents, it's good to make your presence known in that way. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, maybe I will like, this will be my big passion project for the year. Yeah. In addition to having at least one drink at every bar in Salt Lake County, which was my New Year's resolution, um, we'll be getting Senator Weiler to run a consent bill. And I will report out on that on the show, how it's I going. It could be like, wait it'll be like, a, it. what do they call it? Like hands-on classroom experience, you know, like in classroom <laughs> yes. learning. It's like when they bring the yes. fish to the classroom and. And,
1: <laughs> and then we try not to kill it. Is that it? Exactly. 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 <laughs>
0: The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. And be one in a class of 19, not 100. Last week on our Friday News Roundup, Emily, you and I discussed the fact that the governor and members of the legislature were getting their ducks in a row, getting their ducks unlimited in a row, if you will, to (laughs) appoint a new czar to oversee the crisis at the Great Salt Lake. And they did it. They named the Great Salt Lake Czar. His name is Brian Steed. And before we get into Brian Steed's qualifications and what this means, I just want to say the name has been, like, shifted. He is being called the Great Salt Lake Commissioner. Here on CityCast Salt Lake, he will forever be known as Zarsteed. <laughs> because Zarsteed is unthinkably divine.
1: I mean, could you ask for a cooler name? Like, he sounds pretty official. <laughs> it sounds like he
0: can do uh, exactly what he can do, which is override state agencies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was an interesting twist in this uh, in this commissioner role. Um, Mm -hmm. And Ali, I just want to be clear, this appointment still needs to be approved by the Utah State Senate. So so they'll have a hearing in June for this. But it sounds like there is a lot of enthusiasm around incoming, potentially incoming czar Brian Steed. What's interesting about the enthusiasm is that it's also crossing party lines,
0: which isn't. Right. Always the case with these kinds of appointments. But he is currently the head of the Environmental Policy Institute at USU at Utah State University, which is I mean, it feels like a natural place to appoint someone to this position. One reason being that it's one of our land grant schools and they have like a robust agriculture program like USU. I mean, the U is sort of like our biggest school, but USU is sort of our most
1: um, of the earth school.
0: Yeah, it is our most agricultural school. It is our most sort of like environmental science-y school. And he was formerly the head of the Utah Department of Natural Resources, Brian Steed, which I think is interesting because as we mentioned, this role, has the ability to override state agencies. But the fact that he has led a state agency indicates that he has an amicable relationship with these kinds of institutions, right? He's not a politician.
1: But he is a policy guy. He is a policy guy. And Allie, I was, you know, I guess I wasn't surprised by this appointment. I've actually met Brian Steed before (sighs) I interviewed him briefly. And He seems like the kind of person who is actually taking this crisis really seriously, which is really Mm -hmm. heartening to me. But I was also wondering, wouldn't it have been kind of cool to appoint a scientist to this role or like someone who's been leading out on the research around Great Salt Lake? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I feel like there is this sense of urgency, particularly among scientists who are like, well, you know, within five years... The lake might look nothing like it looks now, right. So that was interesting to me that they didn't bring a scientist into this, but Brian Steed, having his policy background and you know all of his other qualifications right, does seem like the right fit. No, I mean, you make a good point,
0: like no shade to Czar Steed, but Dr. Bonnie Baxter, the chair of the Great Salt Lake Institute at Westminster College, was right there, <laughs> right? And I mean, we saw um again. People seem pretty stoked on him. We saw um, Utah State School Board member Sarah Real, who is a Democrat, tweeting that he was one of her favorite mentors from grad school. She's done research with him. He's thoughtful, knowledgeable, and a balanced leader. I think that those are all the things that the governor is looking for in this role. At the same time, I have seen people online being like, why do we need this position? Like, don't we know what we need to do? Like, Mm. why can't the governor and the legislature just save the lake if they're so interested in doing that? Like, at the end of the day, they make the laws. So, Mm -hmm. And and Tsar Steed himself has been a part of the Great Salt Lake strike team, which was responsible for making policy recommendations to the governor and the legislature. So they already have the dossier. Right. Like the scientists have already made a dossier for them and said, here's your salty dossier full of policy recommendations. So is this appointment kind of a bureaucratic decoy? I don't want to be a naysayer, but I can see why people are getting a little bit disillusioned with us taking these baby, these bureaucratic baby steps in the right direction, but it's not a radical direction. And this is a radical problem. The crisis at the lake is a radical problem. And for anyone who isn't caught up in the crisis at the lake, basically, it's rapidly shrinking. And if it keeps shrinking, we're all going to be breathing toxic dust soon because the lake bed is laced with arsenic.
1: Yeah. Okay. well, I mean, I guess last thing I would say on this, I want to believe, I want to believe yeah. in Zarsteed and that he will lead us in the right direction and quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's go. I, let's, I believe. Hashtag take note.
0: <laughs> I believe in Zarsteed. I believe in Zarsteed. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, Emily, let's do our pick of the week. You go first, what's your pick of the week?
1: My pick is the number nine, Allie, <laughs> the number nine. Um, It was kind of... You got to explain it for non-jazz fans. I want to call it a a magical number, a magic number for us, but Mm -hmm. turned out, nah, it was kind of a dud. So the Utah Jazz won the ninth draft pick, Hmm. and, you know, we were shooting for the first draft pick, but... We didn't get it. And that's just the way the ping pong balls fall, I guess. So, the other thing, though, about the number nine, Allie, actually came into play a lot of times in this story. First of all, the Jazz finished with the ninth worst record in the league this year. So, I will take accountability. I predicted that they would win the championship. And okay, they did. Okay, but they you also didn't. weren't
0: serious when you. You have to stop taking <laughs> responsibility I? for a joke that you made. <laughs>
1: Wasn't I serious? Um, But the other thing is, is that there was an effort to um, pray to the ninth and ninth whale to get us the first draft pick. And Uh I mean, I just think like nine maybe isn't actually our lucky number. And we need to move that whale to first and first right now. (laughs) So uh, that's my pick of the week, the number nine, and we should, we should stop picking it. Listen, here's
0: the only number that matters for the Utah Jazz. Ready? Yeah. Five. Five year plan. It's a five year plan. It's not a one year plan, it's a five year plan. Okay, everybody, we need to be looking further down the road. Someone's going to wait that long, Mallie. <laughs> This is a five. The jazz are Danny on a five-year Right now, the number is Danny Ainge. Eight zero one two zero three zero one three seven. Please, please back me up here. Five is the number, not one and not nine. We need to be. <sighs> we need to be trusting in the five-year plan. Okay.
1: Yeah, but how can I say maybe next year will be our year if we have a five-year plan, <laughs> Allie? <laughs> you people need to
0: get comfortable with slow growth and slow change. We live oh in the state God. of Utah. Tell, tell that to
1: the lake, Allie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is kind of predictable for me because I feel like I constantly talk about how this is the best Salt Lake City festival that we've got. But this weekend is the Living Traditions Festival downtown. And it's a good one. it kicks off tonight, Friday night at 5 p.m. And then Saturday and Sunday goes from like noon to 7. And here's what you need to know. First of all, this festival is free. Second of all, no, you cannot bring your dog. Please do not bring your dog. Third of all, this is when Salt Lake, nay, Utah's like big, big multicultural festival. This is when like every kind of ethnicity, of race, of like culture is represented downtown in a variety of ways. So there's like stages set up with different performers, dance, music, there's a craft market, there are sort of like activities that you can do, there's like learning centers, there's film screenings, it all happens at Library Square, so like right between the library and the city building. They're already set up for it right now. And most importantly, there is a food court. Ugh. and. It is impossible to dispute. Yeah, it is impossible to dispute that the greatest cultural experience one can have is a culinary one. (laughs) Don't at me. (laughs) And basically, like, a global food court is set up in downtown Salt Lake all weekend starting tonight. So Friday dinner, Saturday lunch, Saturday dinner, Sunday lunch, Sunday dinner. Plan to have it at Living Traditions if you're smart. And bring cash. And the other thing I will say is that while I was browsing the Living Traditions website, which I will link the program guide in this episode's show notes so that you can like have a browse and kind of plan your weekend. There's so much going on. Um, I saw, because the Living Traditions is hosted by the Salt Lake City Arts Council, and I ended up on the Arts Council page, and they are hiring a public art coordinator. And I am sorry, but that is a cool ass job. And I just want to put out the call. Like, if you are listening to this and you disappointed your parents by going to art school, guess what? You can still be a bureaucrat (laughs) because this job, (laughs) this job is for you, dude. Like, the Arts Council does the Twilight Concert Series. They're the reason we have things like The Whale, like all our public art installations. Being the public art coordinator for Salt Lake City would be So fun. I am also putting that job listing link in our bio because I just feel like a CityCast listener would be a good candidate because clearly you care a lot about this city and you're plugged in on issues.
1: Yeah. And maybe you hated the whale. Now is your time to make a change. You can install the Rose Park shark. Yep. This is your chance. Okay.
0: Let's get out of here. Happy weekend, Emily Means. I will see you on Monday morning. See you Monday, Allie. With a full belly. <laughs> and a smile on my face. <laughs> that is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. Bye.